If you don't know, you're about to know right now. You're about to learn. Education. You feel me then? This is the Blue Poetry Podcast. I'm Quinda Levins, your host of the podcast. On this podcast, this is a new addition to the podcast that I've been doing. This is the Ears version. The Ears version is the acronym for the explanation and reasons for my songs podcast. You feel me then? The, expert, the explanation and reasons for my songs podcast, the acronym for ears, X E explanation and a reasons are for my songs S the explanation and reasons for my songs podcast. You feel me then? So I'm going to break it down. Um, you know, starting from, you know, my old music to my new music, letting you know the inspiration, the story behind why I wrote it, you know, the passion, what inspired me, what I was going through around that time, or what I was experiencing, you know, not always going through something, but what, what I was feeling at the time, you know, and, and what was happening in my life at the time and why I wrote it, and break down the lyrics and what I mean each line, you feel me? So, um, last episode of the Ayers John, we did, um, the song Just a Fool, um, and... Before that, no, no, no. Uh, the last one, last time we did Killing Blacks, then we did Just a Fool before that, and the first one was You Want to Smile, and today we're going to do the poem There's No Solution. Um, this is, this is pretty much my first tape that I'm going through. To give them more tape, you can listen to it if you um, go to the link, you know, on, on, on the podcast that you can see under this, you know, the link is there to my music, so check it out, you feel me, um, but I'll definitely play There's No Solution for you at the end of this. I still want to start the the ears joint off, just like I start the the regular joint off with the affirmation pledge, but I'll be doing Oye Wole because that's important. Um, so yeah, let's go. I want to be what I can be, to be proud, healthy and free. I want to say what I know to help my brothers and sisters grow. I want to feel good about me and blame no one for my misery cause I'll be strong and turn it around. I wanna go up, I'm not going down. I want to do what I can do to make all my dreams come true. Remember my past, the good and bad, how I made it up even when it was sad. I want to share whatever my gift and when you're feeling low, I give you a lift. I want to live without fear and know that I'm blessed for being here. You know that you're blessed for being here. Just know that we're blessed for being here. Just know that we're blessed. All right, then. That's the affirmation pledge. But I'll be doing Oye Wole. That's not the official name of the pledge. But that's just what I like to call it because I like to recite affirmations. And I feel like every line in that pledge is an affirmation. You feel me? I'll be doing Oye Wole, the creator and founder of the last poets, the revolutionary poetry group. Literally, the revolutionary poetry group spitting revolutionary poems kind of originated the, the 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 spark of the rap game, you know, to, to talk with that kind of with that kind of fervor, with that kind of energy was sparked by Abiel Duna and the Last Poets. So in this episode, once again, of the Ears John, we're gonna dissect, do a, mu- a musical dissection, a lyrical dissection of There's No Solution. Alright? So yeah. Bump There's No Solution off Give Them More is a Produced by Ben Stapp, um, one of my former 
co-workers, someone I used to work with who's pretty good at um, mixing and adding like certain sounds behind the music and stuff like that. So I allow him to play with my poem and mix it up. So you'll listen to it. It sounds pretty like airy and fun and, and, and stuff like that. All right, so um, there's no solution. There's no solution. A revolution can't stand the damage due to the pollution of school districts, rule systems, constitutions, precedents that's outdated, votes imposed that were crookedly created to elect who's related. That's like the beginning of the poem. Um, I wrote this poem 2013, um, spring. I was in college. And this one I just started getting heavily into spoken word, you know, more interesting in it. Um, and performing it. I was I was performing it a little before that, but this is when I started to really like, you know, become fond with it and really feel like I could do this. Um, I think I won a slam or something like that, or won first second place in the slam um, at a school. At, at um, I was I went to Buffalo State College, um, and this is my senior year, my super senior year, um, and I was staying with um, my frat brother who lived, who went to school at university at Buffalo. I went to Buffalo State University. He went to the to university at Buffalo. Um, more bigger campus, you know, um, and there was, a, there was a slam. One of my frat brothers was like, yo, why don't you try this out? Drew, Drew was like, yo, go go try this out. See if you can win this slam. I went, I placed. I don't remember if it was like second or third, but I remember I placed. But the first place winner came and gave me the prize, gave me the money. He was like, nah, bro, you won it. Like, you, you got it. And this was before I wrote There's No Solution. But that moment kind of like sparked, like, you know, an interest in me that let me know that I could actually do this poetry stuff for real. I could actually do, I could actually affect people with my spoken word with, to the point where the first place winner gave me the prize. It was money. Gave me the money. Um, and the trophy like was like, nah, you you won. Like, I don't know why they picked me and not you. Um, I think I placed third. Like, the first place winner came and gave me the prize. Um, you know, so I placed third in the first place. It's like, nah, bro, you got it. So I was pretty, you know, pretty flattered in the moment and really felt like this is you know, like, I felt like I was really affecting people with my poetry. It made me realize how effective my poetry was. And after that is when I started writing poetry more often. Um, and I remember listening to Lupe's fiasco, um, Food and Liquor, right? I think, he had a, I think he got an album called Food and Liquor, I believe. Um, and the, the intro to his album, I think I heard, I heard that the, the, it was, it's a poem. It's a poem. In the intro to his album by by a girl. I heard that the girl is his, his actual blood sister. And they start off with jabs, hoodies, afros, locks, teddy bears, liquor bottles, grinds, rocks, tanks, prayers, drugs, whatever. Like, it started off with like a poem, and it was like pretty much personifying the horror of the black community and, and what's going on. And, 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 you know, what's going on today. And I liked it, the, I liked the cadence of it. And I was intrigued by the cadence that she used in the poem. So I kind of wanted to make a poem similar to the vibe, which I didn't, but it just like inspired me to write this. Um, and I didn't even write it. I, I just listened. I, I really liked Food and People 
um, one and two. I, I, I was heavily into Lupe at the time. Um, and that that right there inspired me to write this poem, kind of. Like, it was like kind of listening to it and wanted to kind of come off with that cadence, that flow. And I remember being in a relationship with a girl in Brooklyn, and I was interested at a girl at my school. And I realized that, like, you know, like, I realized I got a problem. Like, you know, <laughs> I have a problem with, like, I'm interested in this girl. And I actually decided to talk to the girl at my school while I was talking to another girl um, back home in Brooklyn. And I started to reflect through this poem. Like, you know, there's no solution. Like, there's no solution for the man. Like, you know... The, no, there's no solution for the man who resides in poverty and has to pick and choose from the lies he sees. So I'm kind of like blaming society for making me the way I am, making me this guy who wants to cheat on his girlfriend. I'm not taking ownership of it. I'm making it seem like there's no solution for me. You know, like I'm going to always be this way, always be this guy who can't settle down and stuff like that, who wants to talk to two girls at once. Like, So this is kind of a... You know, the first half of the poem, the first part of that I spit for you, there's no, there's no solution. The revolution can't stand the damage due to the pollution. That's kind of me speaking off the Lupe Fiasco poem, reflecting on, oh, this is how things are for us as blacks, and, and the world is just a mess. And then as the poem goes on, I'm reflecting on myself now. Like, there's no solution for the man who resides in poverty and has to pick and choose from the lies he sees on analog and digital screens. So I'm blaming society for being the way I am, blaming poverty for being the way I am, blaming TV and media and, and social media, blaming everything around me for, for me being who I am. He lies, he cheats, he steals. I'm criticizing myself, you know? He lies on, for, or with bees to receive what he needs. He cheats on, for... You know, he cheats on it for himself with his gluttony to feed. He steals from his ex. He steals, he steals from his next. He steals with the rest, no matter which heart bleeds. So this is me reflecting on the fact that I lie, I cheat, I steal. I'm stealing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing people's hearts. I'm stealing people's energy, and I'm moving it on and going to the next energy, hopping from relationship to relationship, hopping from girl to girl. These are things that I've done in my, in my life, you know. So this is me reflecting on, like, myself, you know, reflecting on what I have become, and I'm kind of blaming it on society, blaming it on my upbringing, blaming it on the system and all of this stuff. Not saying I believe in that right now, you know? As an adult right now, I'm taking ownership of my life, you know, and, and my choices and the outcome that I've, you know, the outcome that I, that, that, the outcome that it is right now, like what has come of me, I'm taking control of it and, and being more, directional in my future and not just blaming no society. I can't, I'm an adult. I can't blame people forever. I can't blame nobody forever. Once I realize there's an issue, and that's what this poem helped me do is realize who I am. You know, once I realize there's an issue, I can solve the issue. Once I realize there's a problem, I can solve the problem. Once I realize that I have things to work on, I can work on it. So, you know, writing is definitely lethargic. Writing is definitely projection. Writing is definitely self-reflection. So this is me reflecting on myself through this poem, like yo, I'm lying, I'm cheating, I'm stealing, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I grew up in poverty. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking to this girl and this girl at the same time, and then at the same time this is going on. I don't know. I feel like I can't trust the government and all this stuff. So this is me reflecting on myself. You feel me? 
there's no solution. And now that I'm realizing that there's, you know, now that I'm realizing that I have a problem and that I'm in, in one of my problems or I have problems, but one of my problems is, you know, manipulating women and being with two women at the same time and not being honest about it and stuff like that. Um, and hopping from relationship to relationship. Now it's like I realize that there's no solution for the lady who seeks escape from these streets where creeps wait their turn to bust and bite down like a grape and squeeze to release their seeds. Like, let's see how far we can go, although we can't visibly measure. So she allows blind eyes to guide her mind and body to invisible pleasures. Hold on, let me run it back. Like, there's no solution for the lady who seeks escape from these streets where creeps wait. There's no solution for these ladies out here, you know, who seeks escape. And, you know, meaning, like, they really, they seek escape from these guys that that just don't want nothing from them. Like, you know, most, I don't know, it's women who understand it and, and I don't know, it's, it's not like it's a men thing, it's a woman thing. There's women who are as promiscuous as guys. There's guys who's as promiscuous as women. But I'm just speaking for me and myself, you feel me? So guys like me who's doing things at that time, you know, there's no... <laughs> Just writing, reflecting, there's no solution for them. Like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do if a guy going to come and want to be with them and for a short period of time get what he can from them and go? Like, that's not cool. You know, not just get what he can from them and go. Like, pretty much for sex. Like, not just like, I, you know, I never was the type to take money or physically abuse anyone or, or, you know, take anything from them physically or materialistically. I'm just talking about you know, having sex without emotion, you know, and like having a bunch of sexual partners and not really investing and in getting to know them on a long-term level. Like, never was the type to take anything from anyone, you know, like, but there's no, there's no solution for a lady who seeks escape from these streets where creeps wait to wait their turn to bust and bite down like a grape and squeeze to release their seeds, you know, like, let's see how far we can go. Like, like, you know, I'm, whenever I go, whenever I get tired, I'm out. Like, whenever I want something different, I'm gone, you know? So that is reflected on that type of vibration, like the type of the timing I was on. Like, do I want to continue to do this, you know? Like, let's see how far we can go, although we can't visibly measure. Like, we can't really measure how far we're, you know, like how long is this going to last? You feel me? We can't measure that. So she allows blind eyes to guide her mind and body to invisible pleasures. Like, she don't even know how long this is going to last. She can't even see when this is going to end, but she's going to enjoy this now, and the next thing you know, she looks up and I'm gone, and, it's, and, and that's the way it is. So, there's no solution. Or is there? Like, is it fair that there's a fair to go anywhere, whether to the slums or to a fair? So now I came back. Now I came back to society. Criticized society like there's no solution or is there? You know, like is it fair that there's a fair to go anywhere, whether to the slums or to a fair? Like is it fair that this this capital in this capitalistic society that there's people who struggling? Is it fair that in this capitalistic society that there's people who ain't got it and the people who got it can hardly do anything for them? You know, is that fair? And the reason I ask that is because I feel like I don't. I'm from New York. I, I I don't I don't know how poverty is elsewhere. I didn't. You know, not. I'm not saying like I never seen poverty elsewhere, but I never lived in poverty elsewhere. Poverty here is different. You know, like a lot of the homeless people have mental disabilities, 
So, like, it's not money that can solve their problem. It's not even resources. They have to, you know, heal their minds, which is psychological, which I don't know nothing about anything. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what can help them out. You know, a lot of them probably abuse drugs and liquor and K2 and all different types of things that have damaged their brains. But a lot of them are, are psychotic or, you know, have psychological issues that keeps them in this pattern of homelessness, pattern of poverty. It's not even like money. I remember when I went to, when I was in Philly, like the homeless people there is like, you wouldn't even know, like, you know, like not that you wouldn't know, but at first glance, you know, it's, it's different. It's not like in, home, in, in New York City, like the people smell crazy. Like the homeless people smell disgusting. You know, like you could just walk by one and just smell them. In Philly, like they were, I don't know, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying there's no smelly homeless people there, but I just remember like, you know, a homeless person coming up to me and telling me this, telling me this story, like, legend, you know, like, like communicating with me effectively. You know, like, letting me know, like, hey, I'm going through this. And I'm just like, you you look normal. You don't smell, stink. You have on clothes. But somehow, maybe it's still some mental, maybe some, you know, some still some mental discrepancies. I'm not saying that. But it's far worse, you know, here to the point where, like, they can't even manage how they smell. Like, they're peeing on themselves. And, they're, you know, they're just, like, stuck in one space in a way. Like, you can walk by the same corner and see the same homeless man in the same spot every day in a way like it's that weird literally um i'm not sure if it's like that everywhere but that's me reflecting on that like is it fair that there's a fair to go anywhere whether to the slums or to a fair or is it dumb that nothing's free is it dumb that nothing's free free dumb you know is it dumb that what is free because free dumb ain't what it seems ring the bell and let it ring my name is quindell and i'm here to sing i'm here to sing the one solution matter of fact i got two solutions one, I'm the solution. Two, you're the solution. We have to unite to make more solutions. We have to make a shape of this ball of confusion. And now this is me reflecting on the fact that I want to make a change in myself. I want to make a change in the world. I want to actually do something to, to, to make things better. I don't want to always be this way when it comes to women. I don't want to always be this way when it comes to my life. I don't want to always see the things that I'm seeing when it comes to poverty. I want to do something to change it. I might not be able to save every homeless man in the world, but in my life, I can do something to change things a little bit. And if I could change things a little bit, then that, that'll make me better, make me feel better in some way. So this is me reflecting on that, you know? And I'm the solution, you're the solution. We have to work together. So I know that it's not going to just take me and my mind and my ego and my, my spirit and my desire for change is going to make it work. I can head it. I can lead it. I can follow people who's on that path right now. There are people who are working to help out homeless people and, and, and feeding them and even people who's helping them heal their, their, their psychological issues. So, like, that's what this is. That's where the end of the poem starts to come. Like, you know, I'm the solution. You're the solution. We have to unite to make more solutions. We have to make a shape of this ball of confusion. We have to change this world in any way we know how because there's no I in team, nor is there a letter U. But U N I T E is what we better do. Unite. Otherwise, there's no solution. Because I know that it's gonna take it's gonna take a, a, a collaboration, a collaborative effort for us to make a change. You know, and even when it comes to Changing the way I, I 
I build relationships with women, it was a collaborative effort. Like I had, I had to surround myself with different friends, you know, that was that, that functioned in a way that was, that allowed me to reflect on it. You know, one of my friends, Mills, used to always like be like, you know, like you don't, you don't have to deal with more than one woman at the same time. It doesn't matter if you want something serious for them or not. You know, it's just you could take it one at a time. You know, and he's the type of friend who like, you know, our other friends might be like you're gay or you know like stuff like that because they they don't. It's it's not normal for people to. It is normal, but it's not socially acceptable in a, in a society where we peer pressure each other to do certain negative things, you know? It's not it's not socially acceptable for, for, for him to be this way. Like, if everyone is trying to talk to as many girls as you can and then Mizzle stands out with it's like, I'll just take them one at a time or sometimes I'm not even thinking about it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm straight, but I'm focusing on other things. You know, he, you know, people might pick on him and bully him for stuff like that, but he was one of the guys who was just like, changing my perspective, you know, so that's what the poem is about, changing my perspective on the way I see the government in the world and capitalism too, I don't have to play victim, I don't have to blame the government, capitalism, and in the world for why I'm not succeeding, you know, so this poem is called There's No Solution, but after you listen to it towards the end, you realize that there is a solution, and the solution is the change within myself and collaborating with other people that's going to work with me, and we can work together so that we can create change for ourselves and also for the world, you feel me? That's my musical dissection of There's No Solution, the AIRS version of the Blue Poetry Podcast. AIRS stands for the explanation and reasoning for my music. The explanation and reasoning for my songs, excuse me. If you don't know, you're about to know right now, you're about to learn. Education. Let's go. There's no solution. There's no solution.
Tonight. 